Yeah, in the game. Okay. So we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you weekly updates on things you want to know, like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all-around current sports knowledge, mostly highlighting NFL, NBA, and sometimes college. Today's topics are about the start of the NFL season, the NBA playoffs, Rockets coach Mike D'Antoni declining to come back to the Rockets, and will Giannis re-sign with the Milwaukee Bucks. But before we get into it, my name is Mohammed, and I'll let my, my partner introduce himself. Oh yeah, this is Alex. Uh, like normal, press the subscribe. Sports is popping on a whole nother level. Uh, we all know what last Sunday was like. Oh yeah, sports is really picking up. Even though they're full of empty stadiums. But <laughs> uh, the first thing that we're going to talk about is the NFL. So football is back and it started off with a bang. Uh, but the first team we're going to talk about is the New England Patriots. You know, my favorite team. Um, they beat the Miami Dolphins 21 to 11. But the real story here is about Cam Newton. So he threw for 155 yards and rushed 15 times for 75 yards and got two rushing touchdowns. So from what you saw from Cam Newton, how do you think the Patriots would do this season? Uh, like I always thought, uh, put your money on the Patriots. That that literally was the first thing I thought when I saw the results of like all, like pretty much all of the major sports, like basketball and football, really. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, you you bet your money on the Patriots, even when it came to the Clippers and closing out their uh, their series. I know I'm going off a little bit off key here, but it just showed all the way around the, the teams that you really were confident in going into the first week or even just this week of or weekend of sports is not the same how it ended in the end. Cowboys, uh, Tampa Bay, Clippers, it it just shows that you put your money on consistency and that the Patriots will end up, I'm pretty sure, will win the v- division. Okay. Um, yeah, consistency and continuity. That really counts. And they did what they always did, and the defense played pretty well. They ran everything through pretty much Cam Newton, and he rushed for 15 times, which is, I think, the second most that he's ever done in a game. So I'm not sure if they can really keep up doing with that, um, but it looks pretty good right now. The Dolphins didn't look like they were too much of a challenge. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he he went from Fitzmagic to fit, Fitz Tragic. Um he was throwing interceptions left and right. Um, the defense looked pretty good. They looked like they are back where they were from last year. Um, but they'll be tested very soon next week against the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson. And we saw what he did to the Falcons. So um, you can't just run the ball all day. <laughs> yeah. I, I I would agree. I definitely have to agree. So uh, to make it simple, I think the – Patriots going to do absolutely great. And whew, uh, Cam's going to eat. He's, what, what do you mean? What is he going to do? Eat as in running. Uh, I, I wouldn't say as much on the passing, but they are definitely utilizing his skill set already. They, they're not trying to make him into a different type of quarterback. Yeah, because that's pretty much all they have. <laughs> I mean, it'll be something if he had, like, some some real targets. I mean, he does with uh, Julian Edelman here and there. But I even saw in the snap count, he wasn't even a starting receiver. They had Nikhil Harry, the first-round draft pick from last year. And uh, I, I can't remember who else. But Julian Edelman, he wasn't even a starting receiver in their uh, two wide receiver sets. So um, it's going to be a real test next week to see how they do against the Seahawks. Um, this run-heavy offense will bode well for them because they will um, really kill time management or, or clock management and play defense. So that's going to be the biggest thing that they do. But it doesn't seem like they're the type of team to come back from any type of uh, uh, big leads or, or, or big deficits. 
Uh, no, I wouldn't really bet on him, but those will probably be the most shining moments for Cam Newton. That may be the time when Bill Belichick actually, forgive the phrase, but lets him off the leash a little bit uh, because I, I think outside of that, they're going to work towards his strengths and, and let the other team beat themselves and just be consistent in time pos- possession. Yeah, that's the same thing I'm talking about. But yeah. if you if you play one of these better quarterbacks who can light up the scoreboard, you can't be running the ball all day. True, but that, that's exactly why it's, 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 it's a smart tactic. You're saving Cam up until that time. You don't need to unleash him until that time. And if he doesn't come through, oh, well, you, you lost that one game that really you shouldn't win because you're with a team that's going to – do a shootout. But if Cam come through now those moments, I think that's how he wins MVP for the season. So you're saying <laughs> save him. You don't think they really used him a lot in this last game? No, I'm talking about throwing-wise. I'm not talking about running. Because okay. they're working towards his strengths. And his strengths, we all know his most, the biggest strength that we see Cam Newton on is running the football. Uh, short game, short yardage gains. He's going to get you, he's going to run it in if it's short yardage, or he's a threat of running it in in that, in almost a lot, a lot of different situations. Uh, but you save him and make him one dimensional until you absolutely need him. Then you unleash him and you say, Hey, Cam, here's your chance. Show me what you can do. Now throw it all, uh, throw it 30 times because uh, you, you're going to have to. Yeah, um, he threw it only 19 times, so it was pretty even with the rushing 15 times and throwing 19 times, but that's not a usual game. I mean, especially in this passing league, so he's definitely going to have to pass it more, especially against a team like the Seahawks where you got Russell Wilson throwing four touchdowns and I think over 300 yards yesterday. So um, they're going to get a really good test next week. Um, But... If you're done with that, I'll move it along to Tampa Bay. <laughs> so the Buccaneers, <laughs> the Buccaneers, led by Tom Brady, lost to the New Orleans Saints 34-23. Tom Brady totaled 239 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and one rushing touchdown, along with two interceptions. Um, so what did you think of Tom Brady's performance, and what's the outlook for the Buccaneers moving forward? Uh, it, it clearly shows that it's not going to be as easy as um, the media or our perception of the way the season would go for Tom Brady and the T- Tampa Bay, all the people who've added on. Um, I, there's a few things to worry about. Uh, maybe the clashing leadership or who's the real leader between the coach and the head quarterback. The, the leading quarterback, Tom Brady, on um, whose plays are supposed to be called. It also shows that Tom Brady, he can't make certain throws. Now, some of those throws were the receiver's fault and is a chemistry type of thing. It is early. You, you can't really say something like that. But at the same time, Tom Brady is about to, if he goes one more game with a pick six, he's going to break Matt Schaub's pick six record for consecutive games for pick six. It hasn't shown to be good for the past, what, year of Tom Brady's uh, athleticism. Oh, I mean, nobody's ever talked about his athleticism because it's not really there. Um, It's all about (laughs) his QB mind and decision making. And he didn't really have that great of a game. Um, It was really an up and down roller coaster experience for him. Um, There was a lot of miscommunications, um, especially with that first interception. He thought the receiver was going to go one way, and he he's, he's one of those quarterbacks who has a lot of timing, and that comes with um, experience with your wide receivers, and they that just was not there. The second interception, that's I, I feel like that's totally his fault. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a bad decision. I mean, it was from the left hash mark all the way to the opposite sideline, and the cornerback, he read it, jumped the play, and ran it back. So, um, But besides those two interceptions, I think he played well. Um, 
if you really look at the circumstances, because they were playing at the Saints place um, away from home. Um, this is his first game, no preseason at all. And he, there's so much that he has to catch up with. And he even said himself that he's still trying to uh, learn all of the playbook and really just catch up from not being there the previous season. And for a lot of people who were saying that his arm is, uh, he, well, he can't throw the ball downfield, I, I think he proved them wrong, at least vertically. Um, horizontally, probably not as much, not as quick, but definitely vertically. Mm-hmm. He has his moments. I, I still think there's going to be a, dec- well, it is a cl- decline, and <clears throat> it's going to be very black very blatant very soon that he is 43 years old. So when you say he had his moments, what, what do you mean? And the interceptions and then his good plays. Well, that, well, that's what I was saying. Was horizontally, saying yeah. horizontally, not as much, but vertically, definitely. Um, yeah, that's why I say he had his moments. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm just saying in a different way. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but one person that's kind of getting overshadowed by Tom Brady's performance because he won the game is Drew Brees. And they were very conservative all the way throughout the game. And he, I, I don't know, I, I kind of question, I mean, this goes back to last season. His arm is not as good as what people may think. You're talking about uh, Drew Brees? Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought his, he had the most amazing arm. It's is. He's, it's never been too amazing. Like, he can put, he can put him in there. But, uh, I don't know. I, I, I didn't think he was an amazing pass. He's more of a timing passer, accurate, know what plays. Like, it's, it's slightly mostly off of knowledge versus him having a great, great arm. Well, I'm talking about just from this past game, not from what we've seen historically. What did you think? He got him to the win. That's about it. I, like, <laughs> did you watch the game? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did, but it was like, uh, like he, he didn't, he didn't do nothing too impressive. He did what he was supposed to do to, to get the get the win. Um, he he was very conservative. Um, a lot of the throws were either behind behind the line of scrimmage or maybe three or four yards out. He did have one long pass, but there wasn't too many passes that he really pinpointed and even well I'm not sure if this had anything to do with just great coverage but he didn't have that connection with Michael Thomas like he usually does um and that that was sorely missed um so I mean I think that's just one thing to watch out for going forward um but I mean they they should be fine because they've all been in that system for a long time um but that is something to watch out for um but is it time to panic in Tampa Bay um, you can't really panic just yet. Um, no, nah, it's definitely not time to panic at all. Uh, just simple as that. I can't say you panic off of one game. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, they definitely do have a lot of stuff to work on, um, especially with just chemistry, because that, that's clearly not there. Um, and... Really, uh, the the stupid plays. They shot themselves in the foot, even Tom Brady with the two interceptions. And um, on a kickoff, two guys ran into each other, and they left the ball right there for the Saints to drop on top of it. And they got some points off of that. So the dumb plays, the dumb penalties, all of that stuff needs to be cleaned up. Um, And that's hard to really fix before the first game because you're not playing against another team or practicing against them. So all of these things come out whenever you actually play in a real game. Um, so all of this is really like preseason, um, especially for this team with a new quarterback at the helm. So I definitely don't think it's time to panic, but definitely watch out for these things going forward. Um, and I, I feel like they're definitely going to lose some games that they should win. And um, well, just because they, they are better, they, they have better talent, but they're just not going to have the chemistry. And that might really uh, that might really hurt them when it when it really counts. 
I can agree. I, I like it's not many other ways to disagree on that one. I, I, I just have to agree. It's it's one game. Yeah, it's one game. Um, but, Actually, but go ahead. But I would say it's about time to panic over there with the Browns. <laughs> Okay. All right. I was going to get into them, but yeah, the, the Browns, uh, they look terrible. Um, they look as bad as they always do. Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield, he, oh, he kind of looks like a bust right now. Um, last year I thought it was an aberration, but man, he's just not doing any favors for himself. And it looks like they're going to be last in the division. Even the Bengals look better than them. What did you think? I think it went out whenever you were saying something. What was the last thing you heard? You were saying something, then I said something, and then you it just kind of went out for a moment and beeped. Oh, man. Um, okay, so Baker Mayfield, he kind of looks like a bust right now. I thought last year was an aberration. Um, I thought he was due for a sophomore, sophomore slump because he's just so full of himself, but he looks very bad. Um, the Browns as a whole looks like nothing has changed, even with a new coaching staff. And even the Bengals look better than them, and they look like they're going to be last in the division. Yeah, um, I definitely think Baker Mayfield's a, a bust. Um, I think he's even starting to realize he's a bust. Like, man, these dudes is fast. Who was that? What was that? <laughs> but yet, he still gets these commercials. Man, he is packed with commercials. It, it it really irritates me, and I hope it irritates him, along with these other – I think it definitely irritates these other players in the league. That's one reason why he's not doing well either. But it has to irritate – it has to irritate them, but it irritates me. I'm like, Baker Mayfield has not been good, but maybe that one brief time in his freshman year, his rookie year, and I, I really don't fully remember it, so – he has no excuses. They have all the weapons. They have Odell Beckham, and they're simply wasting away Odell Beckham's career. He is hurting his stats. You remember he had a stretch where he only had two touchdowns at, like, late into the season? It's, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, and um, I thought that Odell should stay, but at this point, if the season keeps going like this, he has to get out of there. It, this, this is just wasting his career away. And he will not be in the Hall of Fame um, on this path. Um, I, I agree. I think he needs to do everything possible in his power to get towards one of these young quarterbacks. One of these ones who wants somebody who's slightly older than him, been in the league a little bit longer, knows how to kind of do the the NFL type of things and maybe stay out of trouble. But somebody who will listen to him and already has independent talent. Uh, if he can get in the neighborhood of just the sign, sorry, uh, Deshaun Watson, go to the Chiefs with uh, Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. Shoot, if he, even if he can get over to the Bengals, he'll be better off than where he is at with the Bang, with the Browns. And not many people have, he really is like a tie in being the worst franchise between those two. <laughs> what? No, I don't think the Bengals are as bad as the Browns. Um, just over the past few like years, winning. no, but over the past few years, they've been bad, but they had a good amount of years where they were pretty relevant in their division. Um, they never won any games, but they made the playoffs. Um, so I think, yeah, he, he definitely be better off with uh, Bengals. Um, cause AJ, AJ green, I don't think he's going to last too much longer. He's injury prone and I'm pretty sure the Bengals would love to have Odell. But um, I don't have any specific teams that I want to talk about. But on Sunday, which NFL teams look ready for a championship run? Um, hmm. I would say the uh, sorry, not the Bengals, the Baltimore Ravens easily, easily the Baltimore Ravens. Any other um, explanation? But <laughs> well, it, it was kind of self-explanatory. We were just talking about the Browns and and they just beat the mess out of the Browns, and so it was a blowout. It was 
killer. It's, it's everything we expected of the team. It's not like they ever lost any step. It's just like what happened to you last playoffs. That's about the only thing that leaves you questioning uh, about their team. Yeah, I agree. Baltimore Ravens, they look great. They look like they are ready to go to the playoffs today. Um, and Lamar Jackson, he looks amazing. He looks even better than he was last year as far as passing the ball. And I think that they will slow down a little bit more with his passing. I mean, his running and focus more on his passing. And he would just use his running threat just as uh, just a threat. Um, and he can do it whenever he wants. Um, but also the Seattle Seahawks, they look great. I mean, at least I mean, Russell Wilson, he was throwing the ball all over the Atlanta Falcons. They could not stop him. Um, it was ridiculous. And the Chiefs, of course, they look like they are ready to repeat. Um, just completely, completely destroyed the um, Houston Texans. And they have weapons all over the place. And even their defense was stepping up to the plate. Um, and I think that's just about it as far as the championship-ready teams. Was there anybody else that stuck out to you? Um, well, the Chiefs didn't play. Sunday, so I really can't say the Chiefs, but definitely it's it's Baltimore yeah, Ravens. Thursday. Yeah, but I, I think you said Sunday, or you said maybe you said this past. Well, I did uh, say Sunday, week. but I meant everybody. <laughs> okay, I was just uh, maybe I was just <laughs> looking too far into the question, but um, I yeah, definitely it's Chiefs Baltimore, and I'm looking around. Oh, maybe maybe the Packers. Maybe the Packers. This might oh, be the okay. one year that uh, Aaron Rodgers might be able to pull off getting a Super Bowl. I know a lot of people are really heavy on the Seahawks and Russell Wilson winning the MVP this year and all that other stuff. But this might be the year that Aaron Rodgers can actually put it all together. Maybe. I, don't, I really haven't gotten a full analysis of his team yet. Yeah, I mean, this is the first week. We'll get more development as we go throughout the season, at least probably by week five. I think that's where we can kind of see where everybody is. But I mean, he looked great, was uh, throwing the ball all over the Vikings. Um, they looked unstoppable, even though they didn't add much of any weapons on the offensive side. So, I mean, yeah, he looks like he's primed to maybe be for uh, the MVP of the season. Maybe not for going to the Super Bowl. I'm not sure how good their team is. But I think the Seahawks definitely look pretty good. Uh, but they're going to have some competition in their own division with um, the Cardinals. Um, but who is your early favorite for NFL MVP? Oh, well, I was going to answer that question. Uh, but, uh, well, comment oh, about oh. the whole uh, Cardinals. Yes, they look good. They came out striking in the first game uh, with a win for that division. That is big for them because I really think it's going to be hard for them putting up wins in that division, but maybe uh, Hopkins makes that big of a difference to, to get them maybe second in that division, which is hard, very, very hard. I think San Fran might be that team kicked back to the bottom. Uh, yeah, well, they might be. I thought that, that they were due for a slump this season. Usually the Super Bowl loser does that. Um, and Jimmy Garoppolo is, I mean, just above average, but not really going to take your team over the top. And I think that the Cardinals, that, that was actually my NFC West pick to win the division because I thought that they would take the next step. I feel like their defense is better. And it looked like it was against the uh, 49ers. Uh, but their biggest challenge is definitely going to be the Seahawks because Russell Wilson, he's just so elusive and smart with the ball. Um, it's going to be hard to beat them. The Rams, they look good, but I don't trust Jared Goff that much. Um, so I, I think it's really a two, two-way two race with the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Okay. I can definitely see that. Um and you know what, Colin Murphy might be able to, uh, Murray, um, may be able to pull out at least one of the two games they play against each other. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I definitely thought it would be. Um, but we can move it along to the NBA. So the Los Angeles Lakers finished off the Houston Rockets in five games to move on to the Western Conference Finals. 
So do you think the Lakers are the prohibited favorite to win the finals going forward? Right now, I would say yes. But if people really are analyzing, the best team out there is the Heat. Like, if they really, really analyzing, like the most solid team, the one who's been the most consistent, has shown no wavering of, uh, of grit or know-how. Not even saying really know-how, because I think they're too young to know when, what games they're not supposed to win. So I, I honestly think if people fully analyze, it would be the Heat. But yes, the overall perception is definitely going to be the Lakers. They have been looking good over the, the last stretch here. Yeah, I agree. The Lakers, um, I feel pretty confident in saying they're going to win the, the championship. This just mm-hmm. seems like their year. Um, I was really rooting for the Rockets, but they just were a huge disappointment. They barely put up a fight in that last game, and they just completely embarrassed themselves. And now their coaches out the door, which he probably was thinking that even before that last game. Um, but the, the Lakers, they, they definitely look like they're on a uh, prime for a championship run. And the Clippers, they just look like a big disappointment because they did not finish, finish off the Nuggets two games in a row. And um, they're really on the hot seat to see if they're going to um, advance. But the, the Lakers, they look like they're playing very good team defense. Um, playoff Rondo showing up, even though I don't really care for Rondo. He kind of gets on my nerves. But um, Nobody really likes Rondo. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but um, LeBron, he looks like he's um, just as transcendent as he's ever been, mm. especially that game three against oh the Rockets. God, I mean, he, he could not balling. miss. I was like, oh, my goodness, can you please miss? But, I was like, how, how dare I doubt you? <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous. Ridiculous. I'm like, oh. this to him again. That I was one of the first times that I was actually rooting against LeBron that he just played so great. Um and I looked like a fool, but he was he was amazing. I could agree. Um he has looked quite transcendent. Like he really has gone dark thirty, but he hasn't. You know, the dark thirty is where he doesn't communicate with people. It's not that case this time around. But he looks like he is in full playoff mode, killer mode. Like he he's he's coming out with the killer mentality. Now, I really wished we could have like I, we we just don't have that much time between when the Clippers game happened and when this episode comes out within the next day. So. I really wish I would be able to see the results of this game seven versus the Clippers and the Nuggets before we would get that. If the Clippers lose this, oh my God, just wait the next episode on how much I'm going to have to talk about, about the Clippers if they lose this one, which, oh my God, I am rooting so heavily. I haven't rooted so much against a team winning because I really don't care whether the Nuggets win other than the Patriots. And that hate is strong, ask Muhammad. Yeah, but I think it's softened a little bit because Cam's on the team. But with- oh, yeah, yeah, I, I respect him. I don't think of him like the old Patriots. I don't root for him, but I'm not particularly heavily against him because I'm I root for Cam. Yeah, but I don't really care if the Nuggets or the Clippers win. I, I feel like the Lakers. They are really gelling together, especially on defense. I mean, they just locked up the Rockets and pushed them off the three-point line. But I think that they are prime to make a championship run, and they're just waiting to see who they're going to play next. Um, it should be the Clippers, but they're just a lazy team. They just don't want to finish off people, and that might bite them in the butt when it comes down to when it really matters. I find it hilarious because every blaring thing that uh, signed that everybody wanted to ignore, and we justifiably because we know playoffs are a different animal. You bring up your uh, level when it comes to the playoffs. You have to kind of give them a little bit of um, leeway before getting there to say whether they can fix certain things. But it's everything that we've seen before, them not gelling or not knowing who to go with. Kawhi is straight stressing out. I think if it didn't look too bad, this man would leave that team too. If it did not look too bad, he would leave that team too because it would be just too much to get rid of how many people he probably need or want to get rid of to get 
the results he wants. I I, I kind of I'm reveling in it because if they lose this, I know Ka- Kawhi's going to sit in a purgatory of non championships. Because <laughs> he's yeah. attached to, to uh, Paul George, and Paul George, I don't think we'll ever get one unless he sits on our bench. Oh, wow, wow! I mean, he didn't play that bad in the last game. I mean, I didn't no, really no, watch it that no, much. No, he's been. Actually, he's been coming through. He he actually put up what thirty. Uh, it was at least thirty points in the last game, but it's that transcendent factor. It, he he does not have that transcendent factor that nobody's ever really. They've gave him credit for, but he never showed. Other than back when he was with the Pacers, and that was all before he even knew what point he shouldn't even get to. He was just doing what was in front of him. Yeah. Um... He has not exactly been the same since he left Indiana. Um, maybe it's because of the way the East is set up that it's just easier. Um, we could think of him as that great player that can carry his team to a championship, but um, he 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 really just has not been the same. Um, but well, you know, you know what? It really started. It's a curse. It's a curse because. This started with his lion the first day they had that uh, press conference with Kawhi talking about I was forever a Clippers fan. I, I watched Kobe every day. That little two sentences together didn't even make sense. Kobe never played for the Clippers. They literally are direct rivals because they are in the same stadium. But you're talking about you was a forever uh, a Clipper fan, but you uh, you always idolized Kobe. That literally made no sense. Everybody knew you were lying, and now you're cursed. <laughs> well, they always say what's great in the moment, and then we look back later and they just thought something different completely in their mind, um, in which we'll probably see with Giannis um, because they just got eliminated. Oh God, I hope you. But I mean, we, we're going to talk about that. But um, okay, I'm moving along to the Clippers. I, I know we were just talking about it, but as of this recording, the Nuggets have extended the series to seven games against the Clippers. So do you think the Nuggets can knock off the Clippers in Game 7? Yes. <laughs> it it, it, it kind of shows like that's what's about to happen. Like, every time I think the Nuggets, they're just going to close them out. It's just going to be over. They're just going to disappear. They don't. It, it's like whatever the kink or the, the trouble in what is the – the combination of the team of the Clippers, they find some way to mess it up for them late in the game. I don't know what's going on. Like they, they get up 16 points. They, they kind of got the Lakers disease where they can't hold a, a lead. Cause it kind of seems like the Lakers, they still can't really hold a lead cause they'll have 25 points up and then it'll be 10 points uh, lead going into the third. Matter of fact, last game they were up 20 points and in the beginning of the game and somehow still made it, slightly close but i'm getting off uh key on this but i would say yes i i I would love to put some money on it i really wouldn't care whether i lost that money because if they did win oh my god i i I just can't wait i don't care how long that game takes i will stay up to 3 a.m to see these clippers lose (laughs) well you don't have to wait that long because they're the only game of that day i think or the Eastern no, Conference two. Finals might. It's two. Okay. It's two games. Could be good. The uh, first game is, I think that one's the first game, and the second game is the Heat versus uh, the Celtics game one. Nope, they got it reversed. The Heat and reversed. Celtics okay. first. Okay. Yeah. They normally do do that for Western Conference, but they're clearly all inside the same building. I don't even know why they still set it up that way. I Oh, I, I do get why, because their fan base is in a whole different time zone. Now it makes sense. I had to think through it. Yeah. Um, But to answer the question, I say yes. I I give them a pretty good chance because they made it this far, and they seem like they are a resilient team that just never gives up. Um, I should have put more faith into them just for making it this far and seeing what they did in their first round against the Jazz, being down 3-1, and they could do it again. Um, And they they just have a lot of firepower. Um, Jamal Murray, he hasn't exactly been the same as like what he did in, in the um, last series, but they have other people that can step up into that position and score points for them. 
Um, and I give them a pretty good chance. I, I really give it a coin flip. I say it's a 50-50 uh, chance at this point because the Clippers, they don't seem like they really want it as bad as we thought they did. Um, Paul George, I feel like his hands are going to get pretty sweaty. Um, he's going to be clanking, clanking it off the rim. Um, I feel like Kawhi, he'll mostly show up, but um, he'll have some defensive lapses. But um, this is going to be really close. And I think that the it's hard to choose who's going to win, but I'm going to say the Clippers just edge it out. I don't think it happens, but <laughs> man, oh man, well, when this happens, because I'm actually looking forward to what the matchup could be for Jokic and um, uh, Anthony, Anthony Davis. Davis. Yeah, Anthony Davis next next series, because I, I don't think the Clippers make it out of this. Um, and I, I, that's what I was trying to remember. Your comment about it's pretty much 50-50. It is 50-50. I don't get why the Clippers ever made it to this point, because when you break it down to this, it's only one game. It's anybody's game. Anytime you get to a game seven, there is no advantage, no matter who was up where. It is winner take all. It is all on one game. All those other games never mattered. If you come in that court that day and you are the better team, you will win. That's it. So, I, yeah, I, I put my money on the momentum, which is clearly with the Nuggets. Yeah, it's clearly with them. Um, but I just think that the Clippers are just too deep and very talented, and they will just edge them out. But, um, I mean, their chemistry is fine. I mean, it's not great, but I don't know. It's it's a hard one to choose because the Clippers should win. They should have already won the series and moved on to the next round. Um, but even if the Nuggets do win the series and move on to, be, to play the Lakers, um, I'm more interested in the aftermath of the Clippers <laughs> just to yeah. see what happens. I want that to go ahead and hurry up because I think this is going to be hilarious. Uh, even I think it's hilarious even in the moment when I'm watching the game and Patrick Beverly is fouling out with five fouls and it's early in the fourth or late in the third. I'm laughing because bro, you're a bum. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you're a bum. Like too. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's hilarious when I see that they they can't get it together or they, they like, there's no reasons why they can't get it together. That's the problem. That's what's funny to me. You clearly have people who can get buckets. That easily, y'all should be getting this done. Like, you have a second wave of people. You have the right coaches. You have people who should be able to get to at least 20 points each. But they can never really get it to go come together all together. No, they can't. They just, I don't know, they're just lazy. <laughs> I don't um, think they're lazy. I don't. I just think they are taking on Kawhi's attitude, and Kawhi, like y'all do you, I do me. This is how I've always been, and, and it's his relaxed, lax attitude. It, it's it tends to be only two really real, uh, maybe three, three real moves from Kawhi during a the game. There's. Silent, completely silent. I have no emotional emotions at all. I'm a robot, uh, no matter what I'm doing, appearance. Then you have the I'm upset and I'm clearly upset. I'm so I'm thinking about leaving the stadium right now and leaving all you bums right now. Look, and then his, you know, that kind of yell out uh, halfway scream with his arms as he might have done the dunk. And that's like one in rare. And I don't think that's helping the rest of the team. Because I think they're looking at him like he's he's not that type of leader. And Paul George is definitely happy with being number two and possibly sliding down to number four if you ain't paying attention. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you just got to have a certain mentality to get everybody hyped up for the game and working together. And I think the biggest thing with the Clippers is the lack of chemistry. And that's where Kawhi would come in and try to motivate everybody, but it's just not there. I think it's even their divide in their locker room. It's, it's all was here. It was all already spelled out. It's that even divide between the players who came in with entitlement and the players who were already there doing well. 
uh, the second squad that comes in, and then this other squad. Even Lou lost his uh, third six-man trophy to somebody who got added to the team. Uh, oh, yeah. Was it Montrez Harrell? He got it? Or yeah. I forgot who it was. Yeah, Montrez Harrell. Well, he was already on the team. What? He, he was on the team previously. Okay, well, uh, I still... <laughs> and, and there really is no break between them two. There really is no break because they're part of kind of that second squad. But I do think there's a division between players there. And if you have such a silent person who doesn't look to... He doesn't talk, so it's not really much comfort to come from Kawhi. And then Paul George, he's the I'm not responsible guy. That's it. Yeah, he he doesn't really take much blame ever since he left Indiana. And he's always just been that second star that everybody looks the other way at the main star. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I think the Clippers are definitely going to struggle in game seven, but I think they'll just edge him out. Um, But we have to bring it back to the Rockets. So their coach, Mike D'Antoni, has informed the Houston Rockets that he will not be returning to the Rockets and he's going to be a free agent. The first time I've ever heard that from a coach. But what is the Rockets' next move now that they have a vacancy at their head coach position? They better hope and pray if they can kind of beg Popovich to change franchises, but I don't think that happens. Uh, the only reason why I say that's a shot is because Popovich gets to stay in Texas. Um, other than that, I don't think there's any chance. I, I, I don't in my mind, I don't think of any coach that can fix that situation. Um, Doc Rivers not leaving the Clippers. He, he's going to be there for a while, even after this uh, class of, of players. Um, I don't see no, no one. They, they need to do something different. Yeah, they're going to have to have a complete culture change. Um, it's going to be completely different. Uh, <clears throat> I think James Harden has been under Mike D'Antoni this whole time since he's been at the Houston Rockets, right? Um, I they might have got signed the same year. I th- no, I think Harden might have been there a year or two before him. Okay, because yeah, he was with the Lakers. Yeah, but, yeah, because he was because uh, D'Antoni was with the uh, Cavs. No, no, he was with the Lakers, with Kobe. You remember his before he snapped his Achilles, and he was also coached for the Cavs. Before, oh, that must have been uh, a, a small pit stop. <laughs> yeah, it was like like one year, and then he got he got bumped. He got bumped for uh, for Lou, I think. Isn't that who took he took over for Lou, right? No. Um, that was another uh, guy. I forgot his name. Was that Mike? Mike? No, no, no. This is just some um, guy from another country. I forgot his name. Oh, I thought that. Oh my God! I was thinking it was the same person. I know who you're talking about, though. <laughs> uh, I thought it was Dan Tony. I, I don't know why, but I thought it was Dan Tony. Uh, but yeah, I know what you uh, mean. But oh, I know I'm going getting off subject on this, but. Uh, what was your original question? I know you were saying whether Harden and him were together there. Uh, the <clears throat> the question was, what's the next move for the Rockets? It's really the y'all got to break things down. Like I know y'all st- they still want to sell tickets. They still have block- blockbuster uh, things, but they trade away a lot of pieces. Honestly, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do. You don't have future. They they bought into the now. They traded away their picks. I, I don't know what you do. I honestly don't know. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're in limbo right now. There's not much that they can do. Um, they pretty much have money invested right now, and there's not much room to make uh, a whole bunch of moves. Now, they still still do have their GM I think Daryl Morey, and he's bought into the small ball type of thing. But what coach do you bring in that wants to implement that into his system? Um, it's just going to be a really hard uh, type of a, a really hard situation to take over. It's really sad to say this, 
but I think they may want to buy in on finding a tradable piece for James Harden. He's he's their best tradable piece. It's not Russell Westbrook. It's it's not anybody else on the team. Your best bet to change the culture is trading your best piece and creating a new type of thing. Like, I, I, I don't think this happens, but what if you could pull off a James Harden and uh, Giannis? Uh, it, it doesn't make sense for uh, Milwaukee for, to have another shooter, but they at least get something for losing Giannis, as we're probably going to talk about very soon. Yeah, but um, th- there's no guarantee that Giannis is going to stay with the Rockets. It would have to be like a sign-and-trade type of thing. Yeah, yeah, I, but I'm, I'm not even saying make that type of trade because I don't think that makes sense for either team But uh, other than the Rockets because they're just going to go a different route. That's just to go a different route. It's not to say, hey, we got a pitcher in mind. We just need to move these pieces around to find another pitcher because the one we currently have – it it can't be it can't reach the goal they really want to reach. No, um, it seems like what the Rockets have right now has just been maxed out, and the furthest that they were going to reach was whenever they were in that game seven against the Warriors, where they probably should have capitalized on it. Mm. And um, it just seems like a sad situation. Um, really hurt for James Harden and Russell Westbrook, but it seems like it's the end. <laughs> I feel like it another really set of I feel like another set of music musical chairs are gonna happen with some star players because this is not a big free agent uh year coming up, but I feel like a few of the players who just got moved last year are gonna get moved again. Like a, a, a large amount. Like I already know Chris Paul is gonna get moved. We are I think it's possible either Westbrook or Harden gets moved. Uh I think Paul George gets moved. Um, I think Giannis does not stay with the Bucks. Um, so I, overall, I think there may, may be some musical chairs going on and teams that we didn't think could be formed just right now are going to be different just, what, six months from now when they start the next season? Maybe less. I think they start in the season even less, less time than that. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, just look at the past few seasons, how we've seen superstars move from team to team to team, and it just seemed like there was no possible way that it was going to happen. Um, these contracts almost mean nothing, <laughs> and loyalty means nothing. Yeah. Definitely in the NBA. Um, like Chris but Paul. But the Rockets next move. Not Chris Paul, but uh, Paul George. Like, there's absolutely no way I thought this man would get moved again after he went to OKC, decided to stay, and then got moved the next year. So, yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, and for the Rockets, I just don't know what, they, what they're going to do moving forward. Um, I guess they got to hire the, the coach first and see what happens with that. Um, but there's, there's not many options. Uh, but let's move it along to Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks. So they were eliminated in five games by the Miami Heat. And there has been rumors saying that Giannis will be leaving. So what do you think Giannis should do at this point in his career? I think it's a guarantee this man leaves. Guarantee. Like, I don't know whether you've caught up with the, the most recent news, but he, after having a meeting with the Bucks just about two, two days ago, two, three days ago, right after it, he unfollowed all his Bucks teammates on IG. Like that that's one of the clearest signs of something changing very soon. I don't think that's necessary. <laughs> it's not it's not necessary. It's definitely not necessary. Absolutely not necessary at all. He he in a way he was doing too much. But his his, his prerogative to do it however he likes in that case. Uh whatever you want to unfollow them so that they whatever. I I don't know. I don't know what for reason what reason that exactly um, fully made sense unless he knew what team he's going to. Now that would make sense because then you need to separate yourselves from 
the teammates that you have on there, you don't have to unfollow them. But then, you know, you start to follow the other players who are on your team and uh, get close with them. So I, I think it's a guarantee. And to answer your actual question, which is what should he do, it's definitely we, We've already seen this story over and over again. You can't do any better than being number one in the, in the NBA for consecutive seasons and winning MVPs, but not getting past the second round. Yeah. I mean, no, he made it to the conference finals last year. Well, yeah, so. sorry, the conference finals, but... Still, either way, it's worth nothing if you're not getting at least to the final. You can go to the finals and lose. That still keeps you there. But taking a step back definitely does not keep you there. And actually, they were lucky not to get swept. (laughs) Yeah, and he didn't even play most of that game. So, yeah, at this point, I guess he should move, but I'm not exactly sure where. I know people have said the Heat, but I don't know. I, I just don't like the whole teaming up and building these super teams. I'm not sure if you can call that a super team, but they do say, have some rising stars. I like teaming up with what? Who's they got some team? rising stars. Uh, yes, I agree, but that's any team. Any team needs to have rising stars to win a championship. Like Players must, they must step up. Like that's That just has to happen. But yeah, there is nobody who's above a superstar level. Like even at... Jimmy Butler is a superstar because of his culture and how he deals and his leadership. But alone, no, nah, that man's not. There is nobody on that team you can consider him teaming up with to be a super team. Now, it, would, it, it is the best definition of a super team, a solidly well put together team with an extremely great superstar. That would be a great real definition of it. But we all know what we mean by super team. Players who are within the top 10 who team up on a team, two or more. Uh, well, I, I think it's more of like at least three superstars on a team. They don't have to be in the top 10. So, you in, so top 15, top 15, at least three. At least all-stars. They have to be all, that, that, at least that, all-stars. You're kind of fudging the, uh, the super team. <laughs> Everybody what can't do, do a super team. <laughs> Because then so, you say all stars now, all stars so, make a super team. Super team. So what I'm saying is, you know how Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Chris Bosh all teamed up together. Were they all in the top 15 at that time? I think no. so. No, not all of them. I think so. Bosh was like on a teetering on the bottom end of that, but he was balling at the time. Balling. Yeah, but they never did anything. I agree, but I'm talking about we're talking about individually. Yeah, but I was yeah because he was an all star, but nobody looked at him like yeah he's just like a I don't know on the level of Dwayne Wade at the time or LeBron James. He was more of that complimentary all star, and that was a super team. I, I I can give you that, but I'm just saying yeah I'm just saying give Bosh more credit. He was at. At the minimum, within the top twenty at that time. Okay, uh, but what I'm saying is three all stars. Um, tell it does me make a super team. Tell me two pe- pe- people on Miami right now who are in the top twenty. Oh, I mean, it's not. I was saying they were rising stars, so they <laughs> could potentially be a super team. But that's that's just my argument: is it can't be a super team. Because rising stars don't count as super team. If you become a all star in the process, that's still not a super team. It just means you you did the maturation process of being a better player. But if they're not pre superstars, you can't say they teamed up to be a super team. But I know we're far off on we're into the definition of super team. But I would say yes. I definitely think he's going to Miami and I'm going to absolutely love it when he goes to Miami because I think that does get him a championship. That's the only way you get a championship. You do not go to the West because it is extremely competitive. You stay in the East and then you uh, built you're a part of a team that can win with or without you. Yeah. Um, I really don't know where I want him to go. Um, where else does it make sense? Well, I'm just saying because I don't like the teaming up. That's all I'm saying. 
Um, but what are they teaming up? They're they're already there. They're, now, if he was to recruit another star to come there, yeah, that's teaming up. But choosing to go to another team that's well built built is like simple smarts. Why would you go to a sucky team? That it just doesn't make sense. I'm not saying he has to go to a sucky team. Um, so he goes I'm just to saying a, that the, the concept of teaming up has just gone too far at this point. I I, I don't know. I think that was always kind of not always, but it, mostly because it was controlled by coaches and organizations before. Uh, I, I guess you're on the side of organization and coaches only having that control. No, not exactly. It's more of like me being able to watch multiple teams and be invested instead of at least half of the league or maybe 75, 75% of the league not being watchable. True, but who in the world was on Miami's team that was taken away from the superstar amounts of people? Now, if he was to recruit another star who was within the top 20, because I'm not even sure Jimmy Butler's in the top 20, to be real. Honestly, just from all these superstars out here right now, Jimmy Butler's not in the top 20 right now. He isn't. He is for leadership, but he is not for actual superstarness. I know there's a, a, at least 20 stars we can name that are better players. So I can he, agree with that. So I, I, I'm sorry. Like, I understand your whole the concept of like teaming up, but I would say in this specific situation, you can't consider that that because there's not a single player on that team who's in the top 20. But I mean, it's, it's just still making, let's say he leaves the Bucks. Now they're unwatchable. It's just another team that I just won't care about because there's nobody to watch. It's not like and stars run the NBA. That's that's the way it happens. Yeah, that's why I, I prefer the NFL because every team has a chance. Mm, true, but there are unwatchable teams. Shoot, Browns have there a is. bunch of players on the team and they're and they're watch unwatchable. <laughs> <laughs> but there's more there's more chances for every team to win. And it's always something unexpected, which makes it better to watch, in my opinion. Um, no, but I, yeah, I, 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 I guess Giannis, he should leave. Um, but if the Heat win the championship or go I, to the finals, it's just going to make it mm-hmm. harder on him. True, but I think because they were already, they've been lobbying for him. They literally were building a team to pitch to get him. They just so in that process built a team that can also get there without him. Yeah, I mean, nobody thought that they would get summer. to this point. They were doing this since last summer. Actually, I think they might have been boarding a little bit before last summer. Not like last summer as in like a month ago, but like last summer, last year, they had been planning this out to put out a pitch for Giannis. There's three teams who are pitching for Giannis really, really hard. And probably have really good them, which the other teams simply just unfair. Who who would let them even go to these teams? But it's uh, Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors are going hard for trying to get Giannis, and you know that's just simply unfair. And then little known, but uh, the Lakers are another person really under the, under the rug trying to uh, get Giannis, which I don't under, fully understand why, but they are another team out here trying to. Uh, recruit him and pull his talents that way. So yeah. a better option, I'm thinking Miami. Uh, if you had a choice, isn't it going to be a Miami? Yeah, I mean because they have less stars than those other two teams, especially the Lakers. They have stars? They don't have stars. So Jimmy Butt was not a star. Yeah, but he in the top twenty star. He's still a star. What I'm saying is they just have talent. I don't even think he's a top 25 star. Well, stop getting stuck on the number and just – I'm just talking about they just have less stars. That's that's all I'm saying. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just saying, yes, the Heat would be the better team to choose out of the Warriors and the Lakers. I I could swallow that pill more than any of those other teams. Um, But I'm pretty sure most of the other – well, basically, everybody in the league is like the more the merrier. They don't care how it looks. True. Very. Well, it's not like they have control. That's what happened with the whole player empowerment. Le- uh, LeBron. But that's, how, that's what I meant, how players. To, how to do this. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think the players control it now. But I, I think you may want to think about 
um, your perception of teaming up because realistically, you just have a favoritism towards the owners and the coaches making that decision versus the players being able to make that decision because the player, the coaches and the organization, that's literally their job. It, it, that's what you do is draft and get the best players in, what, top, top five, top ten, whatever. But what's different now is the players have that power to make that happen. Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't matter who has the power. It's just more of we, we see so more teaming okay, up. Were you okay? So you're so you're not okay with franchises uh, choosing to do that? No, not, not really. I, I, no, not really. I like to see so, people stay where they are, or you know, you like build the, some more time uh, and Boston see Celtics? more teams that are more watchable. Did you like the '08 Boston Celtics? Uh, I mean, I guess they were fine, but they were pretty much on the back end. Nah, they were they were definitely a team that a franchise, and actually they did that. That's players and franchise. And then you have uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah, one team I did like the Heat. I I did like the Heat because of um, the players that that joined at the time. But everybody else, I didn't care. The Bulls uh, got Dennis Rodman, which were they their biggest foe. Got them three championships. Yeah, but I mean, Dennis Rodman. <laughs> he's a no. Pop he was that big of a difference. He is that. He was pop. that big of a difference in the winning those championships. He's he like the Draymond. Scoring, he was a. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he Draymond Green is a is a prototype of him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know we're way off. Go ahead, uh, put us back on track. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, really, that's it. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Uh, well, all right. Well, just to end it, I, I definitely want uh, Giannis to go to the Heat, and I think it's it will slightly look bad, but shoot, uh, KD made it look a little bit better when you go to a seventy-two win team. You can definitely go to a team that you lost to. Yeah, but it looks pretty bad when they win the championship, if they do. But they probably won't. True, um, true but I don't think they care. No. There's really no more shame in the NBA about overly tooling up in a situation that's unfair. Golden State was clearly the example of no shame. Yeah, they don't care. Um, but that's it for So You Think You Know Sports. Um, now we go to the trivia questions. Alex comes up with three questions. I'll try to give you a little bit of commentary. And um, you can go ahead and go with that first question. Okay. So what stadium was the first Super Bowl played in? A, the Orange Bowl. B, Los Angeles Coliseum. Or C, the Rose Bowl. Uh, I almost have no clue with this. Um, <laughs> no, the, the Rose Bowl is in California. Same with um, what's that Los other Angeles, one? Los Angeles, Los Angeles, yeah. California. Yeah, that one. And then the Orange Bowl is in Florida. Um, so I just know where the places are. I don't know much of anything about this. Uh, but you can go ahead and ask that question again. Okay. So in what stadium was the first Super Bowl played in? A, the Orange Bowl. B, Los Angeles Coliseum, or C, the Rose Bowl? I'm just going to take a wild guess. I'm going to go with the Rose Bowl. Final answer? Yep. Wrong. It is the Los Angeles Coliseum, which (sighs) was January 15th in 1967. That's when the first Super Bowl uh, was played. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, I know nothing about that question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, question two, which city has hosted the most Super Bowls? A, Miami, B, New Orleans, or C, Atlanta? <clears throat> Another hard one um, with these locations. Um, hmm. I just really don't know. <laughs> Go ahead and ask the question again. All right. <laughs> so which city has hosted the most Super Bowls? 
A, Miami, B, New Orleans, or C, Atlanta? Well, um, you know, Atlanta is a nice place that has a whole bunch of stuff. Um, New Orleans has had, I, I think, their fair share. And Miami is one of the best places to have a Super Bowl because of the weather. Um, so I kind of think it's a toss-up between New Orleans and Miami. Um, man, I, I'm, a, I'm just going to go with Miami. Bottom answer? That means it's wrong, but yes. Correct. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was thinking it was wrong because you said final answer. Hey, I was like, <laughs> I'll just be consistent. <laughs> but uh, okay. no, that, that is correct. Now, for a while, it was a tie between Miami and New Orleans. Just okay. this past season, uh, where they had the Super Bowl in Miami, it made the 11th time uh, that it was in Miami. And New Orleans, they were 10 times. Okay. I mean, because I know I've seen the Super Bowl in New Orleans and, and Miami multiple times. So yeah. that's why I thought it was a toss up. Yeah, it is. But uh, final question. What was the first wild card team to win the Super Bowl? A, the Denver Broncos. B, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Or C, the Oakland Raiders. I don't know. I really don't know. (laughs) Um... (laughs) <laughs> I thought I could do, I would do football here. So yeah, um, I, I really don't know. I mean, I was thinking of more recent, but but you're talking about the first one. So um, the Denver Broncos. Well, no, no, it's not the just... first. It's not the first Super Bowl. It's what was the first wild card team? Yeah. to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Um, so it has to be a while back. I mean, I don't think the Denver Broncos did that with uh, John Elway because I, I felt like he had great teams and was able to get a higher seed. And I really can't think of who was on those other teams that might be in the wild card round. Uh, but you can go ahead with that question again. Okay, final question. Uh, what was the first wild card team to win a Super Bowl? A, Denver Broncos. B, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Or C, the Oakland Raiders. It's, this is a very hard one. Um, I'm going to go with the Oakland Raiders. Just shooting in the final. dark. <laughs> final answer? Yeah, that's my final answer. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Two okay. three. <laughs> See? Uh, okay. The, you're shooting the in the dark, you're I... hitting targets. <laughs> Yeah, the way that I thought about this was John Elway, I thought that he had great teams to make it to a higher seed where they didn't have to be a wild card team. And then with the Steelers, they had that steel curtain and um, Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think they ever won in the uh, wild card round. So I just went with them. <laughs> Not knowing who's on that team. Yeah, shooting in the dark. But honestly, if you would have asked me that question, I would have said Pittsburgh Steelers. I I just wouldn't have thought of the Oakland Raiders. And when they, I just wouldn't have thought of Oakland Raiders. Maybe I would have chosen because they're the least uh, one to think about. But yeah, you can yeah, end that's it out. The deductive reasoning. So <laughs> <laughs> two, three. Uh, but yeah. Um, those are very good questions. Um, definitely stumped me. I didn't know anything about them, but got a couple right off of that. But um, that's it for So You Think You Know Sports. See you next week.